You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for our Forces of Destiny recap. I'm your host, Cassie Sketch, and today we are talking Season 2, Episode 5 of Forces of Destiny, which is Run, Ray, Run. For once, we actually have a little bit of news this week. Not necessarily the news we want and the news that we have been looking forward to, but news nonetheless. And that has to do with um, Galaxy's Edge. Um, and as I said, you know, I think Galaxy's Edge is going to be cool, but I'm not necessarily excited for it. Um, obviously I'm going to go at some point, but, um, it's not really on the forefront of my mind. And I don't think, I think that's kind of a shared, uh, feeling between everybody. Galaxy's Edge is cool, but, you know, we'd really, really love some Episode Nine news. Um, but we got, uh, with Galaxy's Edge... Uh, there was a party at, with the cast members at Disneyland in Disney World, and they revealed some of the costumes and some of the details uh, about Galaxy's Edge, um, including kind of uh, the different dining options, you know, the rides um, that I think we already knew about, um, which is the Rise of the Resistance, and then, uh, oh, what is it called? I know it's something to do with the Millennium Falcon. Um and so those are those are interesting. Uh, it's really cool, and it's definitely. I think we didn't get any news that we didn't already know. I feel like I think everybody kind of expected um, the things that were announced. So it's kind of news, but non-news. Um, it's just it's interesting that we. I mean, we guess we have that confirmed. Um, just the specifics, uh, like that. Um, so we have good guys and bad guys with the um the cast members and the crew and the people who uh work there um and as well as droids and aliens and that um kind of just rogues people who don't have an allegiance to anything and are just living around um and I think that's kind of an expected thing I think that that's uh 
I think we all kind of knew that that was what was going to be kind of the uh, deal with uh, Galaxy's Edge, but um, it was cool to see. And I think that having that confirmed um, is gonna make this a more interactive experience. Not having that confirmed per se, but um, the fact that we do have the difference between the two because I think that they're gonna play a role into the whole uh, what's going on at Galaxy's Edge and I think that um, Galaxy's Edge is gonna be very different than other themed parks that we've seen in the past because I think that it has a story to tell and so the cast members being good guys bad guys you know there there has to be something in there you know they're they're doing something that's going to add to whatever story is being made at Galaxy's Edge and I think it's I think it's a cool thing to think about is that there is a story to a place that we're all going to be able to go to and I've said this in the past that I think it's it's uncharted territory um, for these kind of things and it's cool that it's going to be immersive and there's going to be things that you can notice and link them to other things and and add them to the web um so I'm looking forward to that and I think that everything um yeah it was just letting us know a little bit more and letting us know that you know we're ready so I'm excited. I think I think it's gonna be really interesting uh, when we get here. And uh, again, news that's non-news. I think everything was as expected, but it's good to get those little bits of information. And uh, we're closing in on Galaxy's Edge, at least in uh, California, uh, opening up. Uh, we're still ways away from um, Disney World. Florida uh having that but to any end it's just it's an exciting thing and I think it's going to be really re it's a, it's going to be a definite game changer for these big franchises um and I'm guessing that if it goes well we'll be seeing things with Marvel and um things of the like uh so that's kind of exciting um we also have the announcement of Triple Force Friday which is going to be October 4th and so that's where we're going to be getting not only toys and merchandise for episode 9, but at the same time we are getting um, Star Wars Fallen Order merchandise and the Mandalorian merchandise. And so I think that this is, as somebody who, because I, I sat through uh, that earnings call um, a couple weeks ago, um, I can see why this is kind of a, they're going to make a ton of money those you know last two months of the year um just with all that merchandise coming out uh the mandalorian the fallen order uh episode nine um disney's is really banking on those last few months of the year and it's going to be insane when it gets here um and we, we don't have any of those toys and stuff announced yet it's a little too early for that we don't even know the title of the movie um but we do have obviously the uh we also we have fallen order and the mandalorian um we'll be getting more news about fallen order and a first look at star wars celebration 
this year um, in April, and I think that's when most of our news is going to be uh, coming out. Since we haven't gotten anything so far, I don't think we should be expecting anything for another month and a half. Maybe we will be pleasantly surprised, um, but the lack of news for over a month past you know, the lack of title for over a month past what they have done previous years for previous saga movies, uh, it's, I think they're waiting. I think they're going to wait for Celebration. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff going on at Celebration, and I'm really excited that I'm going to be there. Um, I've never gone to Celebration before. I'm a little nervous, uh, but, um, there's so much going on and there's just so much, it's going to be great and <laughs> I can't wait. Um, we'll obviously get quite a bit with that. I imagine, um, of course this is just in my head, uh, my thoughts, but I'm sure that like they have done in the past with, um, the, with Star Wars Rebels, um, there will be a screening of the first episode of The Mandalorian, um, at Star Wars Celebration, um, we will at least get a trailer, and I'm guessing we will get a teaser for episode 9, uh, as well as the name, hopefully, <laughs> anytime. What if they just don't tell us the name until, like, a week before the movie comes out? Or it just stays episode 9? <laughs> that would be... I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, that'd be interesting. Um, but... The Mandalorian, uh, we've gotten more information with that than we have episode 9, so uh, I'm guessing we will get some sneak peeks at that come celebration, which isn't for another month and a half, but um, I think we're going to have a lot of information at celebration, and that we're going to have a lot of new content uh, coming in the fall. Uh, oh god, I... I you know, how did I, that's how much news or how much stuff we have coming out in the fall is that I didn't even mention the fact that we're getting Clone Wars season seven. And that's like, Clone Wars season seven is such a big deal to everybody, but there's so much other stuff going on that we've just completely forgotten. Um, it's, it's kind of insane. Um, especially just because that's something that, the entire of the fan base has been begging for for years and years and years and we're getting it and now we've all forgot about it because ooh something shiny you know we see something else and we're like oh my god there's so much going on and i don't know how how we're going to be able to comprehend it when it comes when it comes but we don't have anything right now ah so last bit of news with the mandalorian uh principal photography has wrapped um, I think that's interesting that both got done, um, around the same time, um, but I think The Mandalorian, if I'm not wrong, only started filming it in, like, October, maybe, uh, maybe before that, um, but I, even though I know there's only, only, like, eight or twelve episodes, I think, um, I'd have to double check, but I'm guessing, you know, we didn't have, uh, that, didn't have to go that in depth uh in filming and there wasn't a whole ton that they had to do and I think that different people are directing different episodes and so that gave everybody a little bit more leeway to overlap schedules and such um and so I'm I'm 
it's non-news again. Everything's everything's news and everything's not news. Um, but that's cool. And I think that means we'll be getting information about the Mandalorian soon. And hopefully, hopefully we won't have to wait too long for that. <laughs> we won't have to wait as long as we have for um, episode nine news. But regardless, we'll talk about every tiny itty bitty little thing that we have announced right here. Um, because what else are we to do? <laughs> um, we got to analyze everything. Um, but that's all we have for news. Um, so let's go ahead and get started with the recap. Calculate the jump, Chop. How is my boyfriend doing? Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Ahsoka! Hand it over, Ewok. No. So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome. Now it's time for the Rebel Cells episode recap. Ray is walking through the wreckage on a Star Destroyer on the planet Jakku. She realizes that the place is barely holding together and that she better find what she is looking for and get out quick. Unknown to her, she is being watched by Tito. While exploring the corridors of the Star Destroyer, Ray, Ray finds several discarded metal objects and thinks that these should work perfectly. She finds another object latched into a generator and tries to remove it. Remove it. Realizing that doing so would unsettle the structure, Ray abandons her efforts. Before she can leave, Ray finds herself cornered by Tito, who is armed with a JSP-14 pistol. Tito demands that she surrender her salvaged objects at gunpoint, and Ray reluctantly gives it up. Tito takes the bag and then sees the remaining object on the generator that Ray was unable to remove. Ray warns him, but Tito greedily removes it, causing the structure to collapse. Ray manages to avoid a falling beam and retrieves her bag. However, she sees that Tito is trapped under a beam. After freeing him, she carries him on her shoulder as the Star Destroyer collapses around her. Ray uses a rope to reach the hangar bay with Tito. They slide out of the Star Destroyer just before the structure comes crashing down. After escaping, Tito tries to reclaim Ray's bag, but Ray reminds him that she saved his life. He reluctantly gives the bag to her, while T Tito grumbles in his language. Ray responds that he is welcome and leaves on her speeder with her salvaged items. Okay, so I very much enjoyed this episode. I think that uh, we kind of get to know a little bit of what scavenging kind of is like from The Force Awakens. I think that we, you know, see her climbing on the inside of the Star Destroyer and picking things up, but I don't think we ever really got into the whole competition with other people because everybody is doing the same thing as her on Jakku, uh, just about, um, and they're all fighting for these little scraps and it's life or death for them because otherwise they cannot eat. Um, and so this is a uh, this is a good place to see, you know, how not only is she alone, but she hasn't been able to learn to really trust anybody or get close to anybody um, because everybody's kind of out for themselves and will kill you if it means an extra meal. Um, and that's what Tito does. And Tito's been quite a theme uh, here in Forces of Destiny just because I think he is the only one we know who's going to bother Rey on um, Jakku other than uh, Ankar. Uh, so 
I just thought it was really interesting that we got to see a little bit more of that. Because, um, again, it was touched on slightly um, in The Force Awakens. But I think that we don't think about just how difficult of a life that is and how lonely of a life that is. And how it's difficult for Rey. And we see uh, a little bit of it in the Before the Awakening novel, um, where Rey does kind of have friends, but she's reluctant um, about her friendships with these people. And, you know, they stab her in the back, steal uh, her stuff, and leave. Um, And so I think I just, it plays into a lot of what we talked about, uh, a lot of what happened in The Last Jedi between her and Ben. you know, you're, you're not alone, neither are you, whatever that line was, um, is because I think both of those characters have grown up in a way where they feel very isolated from everybody around them. Um, and I think that that's shared experiences and that's where, where they have a lot in common. And, um, we don't think that's, for a younger audience, this is spelling that out like a little bit more um, because I think older audiences were able to infer uh, those types of things from what we know about Ray and what we know about her upbringing slightly. But uh, I think that this helps a younger audience kind of make that uh, connection about just how rigorous um, and lonely her, her upbringing was on Jakku and just how far people are willing to go to get above somebody else. And so I just, I loved, I loved getting to see that here. I think it is interesting though, that despite that upbringing and the way that she has to look at other people and has to size other people up and not trust, that she is still willing to help Tito uh, when he just robbed her at gunpoint and, you know, he's done awful, awful things throughout Forces of Destiny that we've seen. Um, but she's still, you know, she sees him and she's like, well, I can't, I can't leave him here. Um, he'll die. But I think a smarter person, not saying Ray isn't smart, but a smarter person, I think, and a more ruthless person would realize, well, if he dies here, he won't be competition anymore. And I think that's what sets her apart. Um, from the people on Jakku, and I think that's, uh, I don't know if it's a flaw to her character, maybe. Um, I think she needs to be a role model just for the purposes of selling toys and having little girls watch this and think, oh, I want to be like Ray. Um, but if this was less family-friendly, I don't think that she would have done that, but for the purposes of Forces of Destiny and just Star Wars and her character as a whole, um, I think it's, I think it's, it's interesting to look at that and realize that she is a better person, um, than those around her. Um, and I don't know, I don't know where she got that from. And I think it's, I think now that I'm talking about it, we, we she's hopeful. <laughs> and that's a big theme in Star Wars is that you got to have hope. And I think that that hope that other people have not had who are in the same situation as her or a similar situation as her. I think ha- her having that hope has given her a slightly better uh, outlook on life um, because I think she knows it's only temporary and things are going to get better and even though deep down she doesn't know that on the outside she does. So 
I, I just I thought it was an interesting uh, interesting thing and I think it, it it stays with her character well and I think that that's um not only just makes her a good role model but um it's going to play into her being a much better uh not Jedi I won't say Jedi I think the Jedi are gone um and I think most people agree with me but I think a better uh light side force user and so I'm, I'm I, yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know how um I think that she's obviously quite a lot smarter than Tito is and she's not as greedy um as he is uh probably for some of the some some similar reasons uh she she sees that you know if I pull this out like I'm absolutely screwed <laughs> like there's no it's going to ruin everything and and so she knows like I'm not going to do that but of course Tito is being greedy and he wants things and that's what we've seen throughout Forces of Destiny is like he wants BB-8 you know he's gonna do what he can um and here he does the same thing not only did he just do absolutely no work in order to get all of the scrap that he stole from Ray, but he's also about to pull something that is going to endanger both of their lives um especially his um and Ray was fine <laughs> and I think that this is important um because uh no normal uh person could have uh completed that escape as well as she did I won't say that people couldn't have done it um I kind of listed a couple people in there non-force user <laughs> not be able to do that. I think maybe the exceptions would be Han and Sabine. Um, I think that they would be able to have, uh, gotten out, um, just based on their characters and their ability. But even then I kind of question, um, I question that. I think for sure Sabine would be fine, but I'm probably biased because I love Sabine. Um, but this is a, sh a definite, like, what we've seen from Rey on Jakku and Forces of Destiny is, like, these little bitty glimmers of her using the force and there was a huge just like diamond in this episode um which I don't know if people noticed I I had to go back and look again because I almost didn't catch it but she force jumps or whatever you would call that um and that's kind of glossed over I think that there should have been some kind of sound effect and like making a big deal out of that and there's a piece of um there is a piece of metal sheeting that kind of falls and covers it up so I mean you could have missed it um I don't know if they did that purposefully or just save a little bit of editing or save a little bit of uh having to draw her uh jumping because that's kind of an awkward awkward position um but um that was I mean when she was escaping like the big force jump you know and we only have ever really seen that from uh the Clone Wars Jedi and then um briefly occasionally we'd see it from um Kanan or Ezra and so we've only ever seen that from Jedi so we know that that's not a normal thing for uh regular people um in the Star Wars galaxy so that was just uh I think icing on top of this episode I really like this episode um I mean, it's another, it's another thing where people are going to say, well, why, why, why is she able to do that? You know, why she hasn't had any training? Why is she able to do that? Um, and I think that it's partially because they are trying to make her out to be a very, very, uh, strong person in the force. Um, but it's something that we've seen in the past in the Leia Princess of Alderaan book. Um, she, uh, Leia does use the force during a 
a trip where they were like mountain climbing or something and something went wrong and this boy that she uh, was romantically involved with um, was in danger and it doesn't you know say it's the force but you know she says like something washed over her and she just knew what to do and she looked up and it was you know everything was fine everybody's like whoa how did you do that she's like I don't know I just did it um and so I think that that's the thing that um we're learning a little bit more about I think Ezra said something about like how he gets out of sticky situations I don't know I just like I do it um and that's I we haven't seen physically that happening with Ray but we have seen kind of her mentally picking out uh what what was it when the night watcher worm had taken uh BB-8 you know seeing that or when she had uh somehow communicated uh with the Hapabore uh we do know that she is feeling the force and I don't think I don't know if this contradicts the whole you know awakening uh type of idea because I think she's always had it and I mean she does say that you know it's something uh it's always been there but now it's awake um it's always been awake I think she's only now cognizant of it um and I don't know if that has any you know anything that's going to be important at some point but I do think it's something that's interesting to pick out and so I don't know. That's really where I'm at with this episode. I loved this episode. It was a great one. Um, I just, I thought it was very interesting that we we got to see uh, more of Ray's life on Jakku. I think the only other episode that we had that was before The Force Awakens with Ray was The Habibor Hazard. And I think that that also had to do with a little bit more of like how difficult that daily life was for her. You know, she had to wager her, her transportation on something that was going to be nobody else could do it was very difficult um and she got by with the force and here she got by with the force and other people aren't so lucky (laughs) they don't have that um and so I think that that's like it's it's something that is interesting to see I think that they are trying we're they're trying to give us that information is that like okay well she like got by on Jakku like with the force and there is a lot of people who would not have been able to do that um and that she's a better person and I think partially because of it I think maybe that the force was able to shield her a little bit from more of the harsher realities of living on Jakku um by giving her a little bit of a leg up but we see here that you know that doesn't always that isn't always everything and you can control yourself but not really other people and um she controls herself just fine and it gets her gets her out of a lot a lot and so I don't know that's all I really have with this episode I was just I was just glad for this episode I like this episode a lot um so as always uh you can stay up to date on all the latest in Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com you can also follow us on twitter at rebels podcast and add us on facebook at rebels podcast you can also find us on instagram at rebel cells you can find me on twitter at cassie sketch that's c-a-s-s-i-e-s-c-u-t-c-h and of course we're part of the thunderquack podcast network head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other podcasts in the network and if you'd like to support us you can do that in one of two ways first by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch or by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and pledging your support your monthly pledge gives you access to cool exclusives like the Thunder, like the Thunderquack podcast in the Thunderquack group on Facebook. All right, thank you guys so much for listening, 
and we will be back next week with Bounty 